Welcome to Mental Health Film Comment. This is Brian here with you. The 1977 comedy Slapshot is a, I'm not sure famous or infamous would apply, a comedy about hockey. It's, uh, I'm sure there's many listeners who are wondering with, ba- with bated breath as to what that movie is being mentioned on a mental health podcast for and others who will kind of be along my mindset and, and totally get where I'm coming from with this. So uh, joining us today to talk about not necessarily the themes of the film, but more so with suicide prevention and our conversations around mental health is Larry Sprung, founder and wealth advisor, uh, Midland Money Mindset uh, and Midland Financial. Um, Larry, thank you for being here today. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Now, I, I did want to mention a couple of resources up front. Uh, I know there are many people listening who might be going through a hard time right now and need to reach out to someone. There is a, a crisis text line in the U.S. You can text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741. 741 is the text number in the U.S. In the U.K., you can text SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, to eight five two five eight, and depending on where you are in the world, uh, check your local listings, as they say. Um, Larry, thank you so much for, for being here today. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's awesome to be here. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me. Um, now, I, I had mentioned uh, prior to to us going on the air, uh, you know, uh, prior to um, starting to record, uh, um, Slapshot. Uh, it always resonates with me because we live in a society where. There tends to be a lot of judgment, either real or, or perceived, if someone doesn't have all their ducks in a row, so to speak. If they're, you know, running behind on on bills or you know, fill in the blank. And here you have a movie where the characters are, you know, let's be honest, not the most likable or sympathetic characters. You know, they, many of them have obviously language problems, and <laughs> it just kind of seems very pertinent to me that. That seems like a um, you know a valuable message to be sending. That regardless of where you are in life, whether you're you know a Fortune 500 CEO or whether you're homeless, and whether you, you know, whatever the situation, your life matters and 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 you matter and you're, you're not alone. Whatever you're, you're going through, so that's sort of why that film resonates with me. Is that it doesn't have a big rah rah you know montage scene and there's right. no tear So that's kind of my 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 rationale yeah i mean listen it was an interesting film it was something yeah. that uh, as somebody who has been involved in the sport of hockey since mm-hmm. i was uh eight or nine years old or 10 years old it's something that i i certainly was wa- watched and ha- have been exposed to and uh it, it's definitely an interesting movie i don't know in today's environment if it's it would be acceptable uh you know the way it was back then um uh, because i don't know that it's politically correct in in the sense of, of today's standards but at the same time i i think it gives you a sense of what goes on in some of the small towns that are across the united states and what happens when you have an industry that goes away and you know that was kind of represented by this team that was owned uh in a uh in a in a town one of those small towns that when the mill shut down uh it affected a lot of people in that uh in that community and you you saw some of that very you know very easily throughout the film 
Correct. And, and, and you are correct. There are definite um, issues, <laughs> for, you know, we could say with, with the film. So no, no, no question about that. Um, now, I, I wanted to um, ask you what um, said you on your journey into the, you know, wild and wonderful world of, of mental health and um, advocacy? Yeah, so I mean, it's something that I've been very passionate for about the last 17 years. Uh, in 2004, I lost my brother-in-law, Keith Milano, to uh, suicide, unfortunately. He uh, had a, uh, you know, very tough battle with bipolar disorder. And, you know, unfortunately, I, I, I saw him go through this, and I really didn't understand at that time what mental health and, and that if you didn't have the proper mental health, it could actually lead to suicide. I'd never been exposed to that. And it really opened my eyes to a lot of things. And my wife and I made a commitment that uh, from that point on, we would not let him go quietly. And we would tell his story to anybody that would listen if we could help others out there, you know, including the people that are, are listening today. And you know, it really set me on this journey because I started looking. And at that time, the numbers are unfortunately even higher now. But at that time, we were losing about 36, 37,000 people per year to suicide alone. And that doesn't take into account the countless thousands, tens, if not hundreds of thousands that are suffering from mental illness, anxiety, or depression. We lost 36,000 lives, 37,000 lives to suicide, which was the equivalent of what we lost to uh, women with breast cancer. And uh, unfortunately, in that regard, I lost my mom to breast cancer. And it, it was really eye opening to, to see that, wow, you know, I've never experienced somebody who uh, committed or, or died by suicide prior. And to see that we lost as many people to suicide as we did to breast cancer. And you look at the amount of funding that goes towards breast cancer. And listen, they're all great causes and they're all important. But, you know, the funding there is in the billions and the funding to mental health and, and suicide prevention was not anywhere near that. It was a small fraction. So it really opened our eyes to find an organization to uh, affiliate with and, you know, learn a lot more about the, the subject. And we shortly became involved with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Uh, we started a... Um, a memorial fund there in my brother-in-law's name, uh, which, you know, you can learn more about his story if you want at keithmilano.org. Um, but we, we affiliated with AFSP. We started this memorial fund and over, you know, the last 17 years, we've raised in excess of a million and a half dollars for the organization. And, you know, the money is great, but at the same time, I think even more importantly than that is by telling our story and being open and being honest, we've, had other people feel uh, obligated and compelled to share their story. And it's kind of like a, um, you know, a wildfire effect because people feel, oh, hey, if they could tell their story, I could tell mine. And I, I'd like to think that we're lowering the stigma by all doing that. And at the same time, my wife and I have also become kind of de facto uh, resources for our local community and even our social network. So when somebody has an issue or a concern, either for themselves or family members, they reach out to us. And I will tell you, I know for a fact that we've been uh, instrumental in helping save lives, which, you know, the million and a half dollars is great. And the impact of that million and a half is great. But knowing that you had an impact on somebody's life and that they're still here today because you were able to help them and steer them in the right direction, that's invaluable. You know, you can't put a price tag on that. 
True. Now, um, first of all, I, I did want to let you know I, I am very sorry for, for your loss. I, I am sorry to to hear about that. I appreciate that. And I, I wanted to also, you had mentioned a website. And I want to be sure that everyone listening can, can, can go to that and check it out. Can you re repeat that that website that you had sure, mentioned? Sure. It's, so, it's keithmilano.org. Keith K-E-I-T-H, Milano, Keith, okay. uh, -E -E just like the cookie, mm -hmm. .org. And you can learn more about his story. And then AFSP, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, can be found at afsp.org, adamfranksampaul.org. AFSP.org. Correct. Correct. Okay, cool. And there's a lot of resources there for people who've lost somebody to suicide, somebody who may be struggling, uh, somebody who may have attempted. There's, there's resources for everybody who's kind of tied into, you know, that community and Correct. needs resources. Correct. Now, I did want to also acknowledge and, and thank you for your accuracy and the language that you're using as far as not the slapshot type of language as far as you know for died words by suicide correct the the, yes. the language in reference to um those who 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 lost their lives to suicide so i, I do want to thank you for that um yeah i appreciate that it's very important you know we it, it actually we have resources at afsp that's geared towards journalists and geared towards individuals uh about reporting and talking about this topic for that very reason Correct, because this we're we're recording. What is this? March already, mm -hmm. <laughs> and where are the the anniversary dates of? I know Kurt Cobain and another one, uh, Mark uh, Sp Sparkle Horse. There was some indie uh, rock artists, and I always I'm always like leery of clicking on a story about their anniversaries right. because I don't want to be insulted by what they're writing of, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. you know, I understand. But you don't want to read the story because, okay, what, I don't want to, you know, A, because it's, you know, the, the obvious, you know, sadness being reminded of it, but B, looking at the inaccurate reporting. Well, here, here's, here's, a, I take a different tilt to that. Yeah. Okay. And I'll, I'll share that with you and your listeners. I, I would argue that you should listen, you should read that. Okay. And if they, there is inaccuracies and, you know, they're not using the proper terminology and the proper expressions, uh, I would highly encourage you, like I said, we have a one pager that's uh, on AFSP's website mm -hmm. and reach out to the journalists. And I will tell you this, I've successfully done that with a couple of journalists who had insensitive or inaccurate uh, reporting or, you know, not following the standards and sent them that one pager. And they were like, you know what? I had no idea. I didn't even realize. And I think if we do that more often, we'll make it a better place and we'll see less of those stories that, uh, you know, contain that language that, you know, may be hurtful. Definitely. And and that's certainly my, um, you know, hope in, in the months and years to, to come that it will inevitably become a non-issue insofar as people realizing the right thing to do as far as when it's reported. So definitely, I, I hope that that would be the case sure. um, in, in years to come. Um, now, I wanted to ask you, there is, um, do you agree with the assessment that there is a, I don't know how much of a nuance this is or semantics, but a difference between suicide prevention and suicide intervention? Or do you use those terms synonymously? I'm not sure. I've never heard. I've never had that put uh, that way to me okay. in my mind. When you say the two and I put them together, 
to me, they're somewhat uh, similar. I don't know that there's much uh, much difference there. How do, how do you feel? Well, I, w- I would say that suicide pr- prevention is more of an ongoing process when there's someone who is in a, um, is basically if someone is is in recovery, if someone's treating for something that's going on, then that is more, more or less, um, that's, that's well, it always starts at every level, but that is one of the levels where it should be a focus. And it often seems like the attention is often at the, the late stage at the, right. at the which last is the interview. I think exactly. that's more the interview. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, now that I had a moment to think about it, I think, you know, suicide prevention, if I had to split the two, I would say suicide prevention is more along the lines of the things that we should always be doing in order to educate people so that they can understand and spot warning signs and, you know, and, and, have the knowledge and the wherewithal to understand what it's all about. Mm-hmm. To me, in now intervention would be where somebody is in a state of, uh, you know, distress, and you have to intervene in that situation mm-hmm. to prevent or intervene so that there's not that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, fatal event, if you will. Mm-hmm. So I think that would, you know, in my mind is the difference between the two. Yeah, exactly. Because I often hear the two terms being used interchangeably. And when you take into account that they're not always the same, you know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because it's, like you said, it is an ongoing process with the education and the awareness and, and, and breaking down the stigma and ending the stigma outright and just, you know, providing those, those resources and, and, and providing the um, information for people to, to, to know more about it. And speaking with you today, obviously, is, is one step in that, you know, getting the, getting the word out. Oh, 100%. I mean, you know, I think that a lot has changed for the better in in the area of uh, suicide and mental health. A tremendous amount has changed since my brother-in-law's passing in 04. You know, you look at some of the, you know, we started out talking about a movie and you, you, you know, you talk about some of the uh, celebrities, some of the athletes that have come out over the last you know, five, 10 years talking about their own struggles, uh, that is a tremendous help for other people to see, hey, you know what, this person who, you know, the perception is has everything together, has everything going for them also struggles. Well, that that gives other people the ability to understand and, you know, feel comfort in, you know what, they're struggling too. I struggle. I could figure out and I can get some help and, and move forward. You know, the Michael Phelps of the world. We've had several uh, football players, hockey players have come out. Robin Leonard, you know, along the um, along the uh, hockey line, Robin Leonard, who's a goalie, uh, came out and talked about his struggles. Uh, Dan Carcillo, who played for the Philadelphia Flyers, is uh, talking about his struggles. Uh, he's you know, tying it back to potentially some, you know, head traumas that he's had while he was playing. So I think all these conversations are all good for moving that forward and lowering the stigma and having more conversation and making people feel more comfortable that if they're having an event in their life that they could go out and get help. And it's not something that's like a a badge of shame. It's something that's actually pretty honorable that they're going to be able to go out and get the help and, and, uh, you know, live a uh, valuable life just like everybody else, you know, out there is and should be able to. 
Sure, absolutely. Now, um, one thing I, I did want to ask you is, in the last year with all that's been going on in, in, in our world and in our country, and, uh, you know, there, there have been, I don't want to say competing stories in, in so far as suicide rates, because I will often see one story that says the suicide rates have gone up. And then I see another story that contradicts it saying, wait, hold up, hold up. That's mm -hmm. not what we meant. And then I see another story that says, yes, we did. Yes, we do mean that. And then another story that says, no, you don't. No, you... And it's sort of like a ping pong match going right. back and forth. Where, where, what's your thought on that as far as the seemingly competing stories of the, the, oh, the here, rates of incidents in the last yeah year. so here here's my take so number one is let's start with what we know what we do know is uh recently the numbers came out for uh the suicide rate came out for 2019 okay which was re reported in late 2020 and that suicide rate actually declined from the previous year went down uh the media and reports, like you said, have a tendency or have had a tendency to lead us to believe that because of what's going on, the suicide rate is actually going up. Um, listen, I don't know what, you know, like you said, it's a ping pong match. I don't know where the truth lies. And we won't know that until late uh, in 2021 when they report the 2020 numbers. At that point, we'll definitely have a better indication and I'll be in a position to say, hey, you know, the numbers either went up or down. Uh, but I think what you're seeing in, in my view, if I, you know, if I had to give you my take on it, I think what we're seeing is just a situation where, we're seeing a lot of, uh, of more reporting on mental struggles, issues, and things of that nature. Whether the ran, and we're seeing more reporting of suicide in general. Uh, so, you know, the numbers don't necessarily have to go up to give us the perception that they're going up, right? The numbers could be going down, but if the reporting on these cases is going up, the, the actual rate could be going down. We're just hearing more about it. So I think because of what's been going on in this country over the last year or so, we've been hearing about it reported more. I'm not, I'm not convinced yet and won't be until the numbers come out that the actual rate is on the, on the incline. Uh, it could very well have stayed flat or declined, but again, the truth will be in those numbers that we'll get at the end of uh, 2021. Correct. I absolutely agree with you you know, 100% in agreement with you, because even if they are declining, which again, who's, who's to know for, for certain, but even if they are, that's still too many. That's still too many. Whatever the number is, it is still too high. I, I don't, uh, I'm not arguing that. I agree yeah. with you a thousand percent. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I tell people all the time, when I started with AFSP, uh, you know, we were about a five, six, seven million dollar budgeted organization. We're now closer to 45, 50 million dollar organization. You know, it's it's a it's a catch 22 because, you know, we've had this tremendous growth and we've been able to help a lot of more people and do a lot more things with that increased budget. But at the same time, I would love to be able to come on a show like this and say, hey, you know, Brian, we, we put ourselves out of business because we solved this thing. That, yeah. That's the ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that uh, we're working on right now is we have a project called Project 2025, where uh, we started this uh, a year or so ago. And the goal is to lower the suicide rate by 20% 
by the year 2025? Because I think you'd agree with me, Brian, we're not going to go from wherever we are today to zero. That's just mm-hmm. not, you know, it's not sure. feasible. So the whole idea is let's chip away and let's have an impact. So uh, our, our audacious goal, and I think it's pretty lofty, is to try to lower the rate 20% by 2025. And as an organization, we've identified the top four to five target areas that we're trying to focus in on in order to reduce uh, the rates where those rates may be the highest. And we're doing a lot of good work in those areas to start uh, pinpointing and reduce the rate. You know, we we did not expect nor uh, know that COVID was coming as a potential, you know, hindrance to that number. But we're waiting to see what happens at the the end of 21. But that's our goal is to lower suicide rate through Project 2025 by 20 percent by 2025. Good deal. And I, I would definitely affirm that. And I, I definitely would um, like to see that by 25, 2025. And anything I can do to get that goal met, I, I'm happy to do my part. Awesome. In that. I, now, one thing I, I definitely wanted to ask you, and I'd be, I'd be remiss if I did not ask you, uh, you are on the front lines as, insofar as hearing words like 401k and IRA and uh, the fun words like that on a daily basis. In, in, in the course of um, in the course of, of your work with um, money management and, and wealth advisors, where do, where do you stand? Because I know that there are often stories you'll see in the news about uh, financial instability and financial insecurity as it relates to hopelessness and a feeling of you know not unlike the characters you know depicted in, in the film. Right. And do you think that that, that Observation is more anecdotal, or do you think that is there definitive point A to point B correlation, or where 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 do you stand yeah. on that? Yeah, I mean, there's listen, there's definitely a tie-in between money, uh, financial security, and you know, mental stability, loneliness, anxiety, mm-hmm. depression. However, you want to, uh, you know, whatever mental health condition you want to term, mm-hmm. you know, if you have to worry about you know, how you're going to pay your rent or how to pay your heating bill or your electric bill, that's going to have an effect on you. Right. Um, I, you know, we, we talk about, you know, you hear the, the old adage is money by happiness. Right. And there's been some studies in that regard. There was a study back in like 2010, I believe that showed that the number was about 75,000. If you had an income of about 75,000, uh, you know, basically you would be decently happy and kind of above that number, there really wasn't any kind of increase above that. That was kind of like the, you know, the, the ceiling or the floor so to speak, right? Um, there was a recent adjustment to that story that uh, to that study that they did that showed that there's actually some increase above that number. Um, you know, so if you're below that number, you know, regardless, study or not, again, if you have to worry about just making and meeting those fundamental daily needs in order to, and I'm not talking about wants, I'm not talking about wanting, I'm talking about yeah. needs, you know, shelter, food, clothing that's definitely going to have an impact on your psyche and your mental health. So I definitely think there is some kind of correlation there between your financial situation and your mental stability. Uh, well, I know, well, I know that there is in the U S for those listening outside the U S there was recent legislation that passed for a, 
It's a three-digit number, correct? A three-digit suicide hotline number. That correct. I believe it's nine eight eight that they're uh, they're striving for to to be enacted in twenty twenty two. I believe. Correct. So so if you're listening, don't dial it right now. Right. <laughs> you have to wait two more years too. And hopefully hopefully you won't need to di- to dial it. But if if correct. you do, do not dial it until two years from now. Um, but what do you know about some of the specifics of it? Because I know that I. Like it's a good thing. I mean, there's no denying that that that's a good thing. But some of the details, um, I'm still gathering more information about it. I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be like I want more information now. You know, I, I want I want my cake and I want it now, sort of right. thing, which right. is probably not a, a realistic thing to say, because you're talking about you know two years from now anything can you know any number of different scenarios can happen between now and you know, and even and it was last year. It was probably middle of last year, I think, when the legislation passed. And still, with government processes being what they are and whatnot, it's probably going to be in probably another year before more details come come around. Right. So, well, I, guess- I mean, listen. I, I think if you look at it, uh, you know, I think the intention of it is really good, right? You have a situation, you want to be able to not have to dial a 10 digit number, not have to pull out your phone and text, uh, you know, a certain thing to a certain number and have to remember all that. Uh, It's just to give people an easy access to, you know, easily memorized three digits, you plug that in and you're going to get the assistance. It's very similar to, I guess, the 911 system, Mm -hmm. you know, which that in itself, you know, they have flaws in that system as well. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. I don't know that the suicide prevention three digit number, if that's going to be the holy grail of what they're looking for. Uh, But hopefully as they roll it out and implement it, they'll work through any issues they have and work out the kinks and, you know, make it the best version of what it could be and help as many people as it could help. Definitely. Now, um, as we wind down, I did want to ask you, is there anything that I did not ask you about that, that you wanted to mention that people need, need to know about? Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing I would I would uh, add is that, you know, for those of your, your listeners that are listening, if, they, if they're feeling like they're struggling or they know somebody else who may be struggling, if it's themselves, get help. There is help out there. Uh, you can get through this. There are people that are more than willing to invest time, effort, and energy to get you well. And you just got to sometimes navigate and find the right folks for you and your situation. Uh, on, on the other hand, if you know somebody who may be struggling, uh, you know, I, I am, encourage you to take it upon yourself to say something and intervene. And, you know, you never know, it might be a smile, it might be a pat on the back, it may be, hey, everything okay today? Uh, You know, it may be something as little as that, that kind of, you know, gets them through their day and move on and maybe find help. Um, You know, we have a platform or a, um, there was an ad campaign that my wife and I helped in, in uh, invest in or uh, contribute some of our funds to that AFSP ran, which was called Seize the Awkward, which was really de- geared towards, um, you know, teenagers through social media. And basically it was about seizing the awkward. You know what? If you think there's an issue there and you're afraid that you might ruin the friendship, take that chance, ruin the friendship. You might save a life. 
And I think those are important things. And, and that's exactly what I'm saying here. If you see somebody struggling, say something, help them. You never know. It might be the littlest thing. It may have the hugest impact. Oh, absolutely. And, and on that point, I did want to mention, particularly if, if you're out there listening, you, you're not alone. I wanted to tell I said right now, you are, you are definitely not alone. And if you don't have the energy to get out of bed today and, and it's, you, you might not get out of bed tomorrow, and the most productive thing you do today is listen to this podcast, that's, that's okay. And I, I'm with you. And I know um, Lear's with you. Um, so you're definitely not, not alone. Um, now, as we, as we went down, I did want to mention um, a few more resources for you. I know that there is Mental Health America, mhanational.org. Uh, there's also NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Illness, nami.org. There's also maddenamerica.com is one that I've been mentioning. But also, I, I did want to reiterate um, AFSP also, afsp.org, and also keithmilano.org as well to learn more. So, uh, Larry, thank you so much for being here today. I, I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for having L me, Brian. I appreciate it. Lots of good info. Um, thank you, those of you at home or at work or on your way home from work, wherever you may be. Um, stay safe, everyone, and uh, talk with you next time. Uh, bye.